Please listen carefully. All right, let's rock and roll. Let's go. Give me a second to get a clean start. What's up, everyone and their sister listeners? Thank you for joining us for a different kind of podcast episode. This is going to be the first installment of a four-part series called Christina Reads. I'm the Christina from the title. I'm Stephanie. I'm Natasha. And joining us for this special series are two friends of the pod. And Loyal listeners. In real life. I'll let them introduce themselves. I'm Shanice. And I'm Marina. Hello. Do you guys want to say anything about yourselves? You want to let people know who you are a little bit? We're paid to listen to this podcast. Um, It's not the greatest income, uh, but it helps, you know, side hustle. Yep, yep. No, we're just uh, really good friends uh, with the girls. We work with them. Yeah. We listen to the podcast every time it comes out. It's always fun. We get shout outs every so often. I demand shout outs. Yeah. That's every time we friendship going. Every time Every the society time is talked about, exactly. I have faith. But it is a pleasure to be here. Thank you so much. Thanks for basically joining. already yell at them when That's I listen true. to their podcast That's anyway. So yeah, we're just making like, it. I want to yell. We're just making it so that you're actually having a conversation with us and not forgetting that you're not having a conversation with us yeah, as you're listening. Exactly. I can debate. I the, it. I can debate the points live. So we brought these guys on because, again, we wanted to do something a little bit different and we need a couple extra people for it. So one thing about me is that I do love reading, but I am surrounded by these people who read so much that I sometimes feel like I am someone who has never picked up a book before in my life. If I get through what I think is a respectable 50 books in a year, these guys are getting like 150, 200. And I'm like, what do I do with my time? How is this physically even possible? So it's like, we get it. They're giant nerds, but they don't have to try this hard. They do, and it's fine. I'm a busy bitch. I have a lot of TV right now to watch, but in the spirit of trying to get up to their Goodreads numbers levels, we decided to try something a little bit different. So while I do like a good romance book, I am also incredibly picky about what I'm willing to pick up and read through, which means I don't actually get into them very often. I live at a very specific intersection of opinionated and judgmental, and that can make it a struggle to listen to other people's romantic decisions and not want to absolutely throw a book across the room. But today I am surrounded by people who go through more romance books than the publishing industry can actually keep up with. Like if it wasn't for self-publishing, I don't think there would be enough books for them to actually get through in a year. Um, So what we have tasked these guys with today is picking the one romance book that they think absolutely everybody should read, particularly myself, and they're going to present them to me and to you guys, our audience. They'll walk us through what the plot of the book is, a little bit of information about the author, because that's always super important, and why they think this is such an important read. So after they talk about their book a little bit, I'll give them my first impressions of why I'm already like, I'm not going to like this book. But we are all going to take a break after today. We're going to read all these four books. I'm going to read them for the first time. Many of these are going to, many of these guys are going to read those books for like the second or even third time. And then we're going to come back here in a couple of weeks and we are going to debate it out. 
I am prepared to come in blazing hot with many questions about certain choices, reasons why I don't agree that their book is something that everybody should read, or just things that I don't particularly like. And they're going to be expected to have to defend that book to the death. Everyone else can choose to agree with the person in defense and stand up for their book, even if it might hurt their book a little bit, or they can choose to side with me because I'm usually right, so they should be. Now, in each episode, we're going to be centered around a certain theme because I did let these guys know that the most important things to me and the stuff I really want to know about in a book is how strong is the main couple? What is the setting, universe, background characters, how do they contribute to the story? I don't like something that takes place in a vacuum. And finally, and the most important one, what are the sex scenes? Are they good? How steamy are they? What are we talking about? I need excellence, okay? I want to be <laughs> transported into a moment. And so after each episode, we're going to give our votes for which we thought was the best defended book and which is the book best suited for the title of a book that I should not only read, but have on my bookshelf, and you should too. Uh, now, the person who picked that winning book when we're all said and done, they actually get to walk away with absolutely literally nothing. Uh, there are no prizes, and ultimately nothing matters in this world anyway. So you can consider this a cross between Canada Reads, Whose Line Is It Anyway, and those Real Housewives post shows where everybody's just yelling at each other for absolutely no reason, but they're like super invested in their complete nonsense. We the love reunion, it. The reunion, the reunion. The reunion episodes. It's yes, the yes. after the rose ceremony. Yep. How do we feel about the book that was picked? Are they still together? No. So that's the thing we love. That's what we're going to be doing for you guys today. Like I said, it's going to be four parts. So there'll be four, our next four episodes or this episode plus our next three are going to be all about this. And we hope you guys like it. So on that note, let's get down to some goddamn business. Steph, what do you have in store for me? Well, Christina, my book that I, oh my God, I'm getting a call right now. One sec. <laughs> I need to hold this it is up. so classic. Fire. Did I did I was like, yeah, someone someone's calling me. They can call me back. I, think I got okay. that same call. I'm declining. Oh, no, I'm declining. Show the number on video. I, I don't care. Hold I don't know out. this person. Any production blur it out. So, okay, but sorry Christina, back to my main point. My book that I picked for you is Lord of Scoundrels by Loretta Chase. This is a historical romance novel that was published in 1995. So this book follows Jessica Trent. She is a 27-year-old, uh, technically a spinster if you're going to go by historical romance standards, uh, but she could give less of a shit about that because she just hasn't found anyone that interests her enough to tempt her into marriage. I see you're taking notes. That's fine. When the book opens, we find Jessica newly arriving in Paris to knock some sense into her imbecile younger brother. So specifically, she's trying to get her brother away from the evil, destructive clutches of Sebastian Ballister, the notorious Marcus of Dane, who is, to be honest, he's a bit of an asshole. He's mean, he's rude, and he's rejected all notions of what it means to be a respected aristocrat. So that means no respectable, respectable, respectable woman such as Jessica would have anything to do with him. But that's fine. He doesn't want to do, he doesn't want to get married. That's the last thing he really cares about. But of course, as all romances start out, Jessica has finally found someone who interests her, and that is the devil himself, Sebastian, the Marcus of Dane, who is shockingly irresistible to her. And it turns out that that person, oh, no, I screwed it up. It's fine. Who is shockingly irresistible. And it turns out that the person that she needs saving is not her younger brother, but it's herself. Uh, intrigue? Are you intrigued? Yes. 
So Loretta Chase's initial inspiration for this book was Beauty and the Beast. This is a retelling in the Regency period. And this book has won many awards. It is tops all the romance best lists of all time, basically. Uh, she's published over 27 books and counting. And her latest release is going to be uh, coming out December 2020. So many great romances have been published in the last 10 to 20 years, as the other people's books probably are. But to see how far we've come, we need to look at the romances that were first breaking the rules in the romance genre. And that book is Lord of Scoundrels by Loretta Chase. And that is my pick for you. So if no one has anything to add to that, no one has any initial thoughts, I have a couple. So right off the bat, I mean, here's the thing. I like the idea that like, this is the book that changed things for romance. I like a trailblazer, a maverick. That's something I can get down with a little bit of a historical romance, especially with like, maybe like an enemies to lovers kind of situation. But I have some concerns. First of all, you said the word spinster immediately. I'm annoyed. Those Second, are romance rules. I didn't make the romance rules. I didn't make yeah, up that word. That is yeah, just but the world just has made up that world. Just because it was old doesn't mean that it's okay. The fact that this book is from 1995. How can you talk? You're going to have romance. Mm. You're going to have someone from the 18th century being like, she's just not married. I don't know what that's called. She's just like a woman alone. What, what is that? What's that word? It's a spinster. She's independent. She's, yeah, Listen, it's a spinster. You can, you can defend it after we've read it and we're seeing it, but I'm just saying right off the beginning, um, I'm dubious as to the basis of that. All right. It's just a historical romance. Yeah. All these awards, all these awards, who picked those winners? Who are the deciding factors behind readers, those? Like, I'm readers. glad that it has read, mm, but who do those readers look like? Okay, we're talking about a white romance, white author, mm, I don't know, kind of an old book, and it sounds like lots and lots of toxic masculinity. So I don't know if we're going to be able to live with that, but we'll see. I'll give it a try. You know, you've recommended romance in the past, and I haven't hated all of it, so maybe this will be another hymn. I'm scared. I mean, what did I sign up for? <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm going to come hard. Uh, Natasha, can you? I don't know. I feel like I could maybe guess your book. I, I don't know why. I feel like we're connected in a certain way. So maybe I'm like divining it. But do Spoilers. you title of your book? Uh, my book is, spoiler alert, uh, it's by Olivia Day. It's out actually October 6th of this year. This book is a fun romantic comedy, of course, about a geologist named April who has a secret love for the show Gods of the Gates. So by day, she's a super profesh working woman and all about being the right type of plus size woman who fits in and doesn't call any attention to herself. But by night, she writes Gods of the Gates fan fiction with her online friends. So really, this story starts with when after she quits her job for Better Pastures, she's really feeling herself and she decides to post her Lavinia cosplay to Twitter. Lavinia is one of the characters from Gods of the Gates because she wants to be more open about who she is as a person and her nerdiness. But of course, this completely blows up in her face and goes viral. And because she's a curvy lady, haters are all up in her business about it, of course. So the actor that plays the other main character, Aeneas, decides to take matters into his own hands and proudly states that he would love to meet her on a date in person. The act does what a name. After making that statement online to the world, he does actually slide into her DMs about a date. They do go on a date in person, and of course, hijinks ensue after that. So the author, Olivia Dade, uh, I could say a lot of things about her. I have read quite a few of her other books. She's an absolute, she's an absolute delight. She used to be a librarian and a historian. 
before she eventually changed her to her full-time career to be a romance writer. She currently lives like somewhere outside of Stockholm with her Swedish husband, which is super cute because actually one of the premise of her other books is a Swedish dude is the main character. I feel like it's her story, perhaps. I don't know. <laughs> Um, but what's really, really unique about her is that you can really tell that romance has been a part of her life from the very beginning. She even talks about how as a kid she used to sneak her mom's romance books and one of my favorite things that she's ever said in one of her like unofficial bios somewhere is that I get to spend all day writing about love and iron hard lengths. So thank you mom for perping so hard on pirates during my childhood and that's just everything. What, what an awakening for her. <laughs> The reason why I think everybody should really read this romance this year, especially you, Christina, is because it is one of the most nuanced and least problematic romance books I have ever read. Yeah, I said it. And the reason is it talks about consent in multiple points, especially during the same sexual interaction, because consent can be negated, guys. Um, it talks about how you can love someone beyond what they look like, but you can also love them for exactly what they look like, despite what society's beauty standards are. It talks about kinks and how they're totally normal. Yes, please talk about them. And pleasure doesn't always have to be about the man first. Ladies, respect yourselves. <laughs> so this, this book is just super cute, super funny. Everyone's going to love it. Everyone should read it now. Well, I gotta say, I love a rom-com. So already, like, I'm, I'm actually pretty into this. This doesn't, this sounds like a pretty good book. I love that there is a plus-size heroine, and, like, maybe it sounds, like, unabashedly plus-size. Like, she's not gonna end the fucking book in a road trip eating almonds and grapes and being like, now I can finally be healthy. Like, no. So that sounds good. I'm on the fence about how much I like this or not, the fandom element of it, because on the one hand, as somebody who was, is in fandom for years, I'm like, ooh, I like that. On the other hand, will I uncomfortably relate to this character? It's possible. I don't know that I need to see myself that much in a main character. Um, so that's interesting. Some possible drawbacks I'm already concerned about is like, he's famous. So like, there's going to be a lot of like, social pressure on her there's going to be a lot of like views of her from the outside in is that going to be fun to read i don't know the whole like parasocial relationship idea right now like is this going to be a book that launches a million fangirls trying to get dates with their famous celebrities now because if he could love her he could love me too like there's a lot of weird shit going on in fandom and fan culture in general so like mm, don't know if i was a famous person would i want to be dicking down somebody that had pictured me dicking down like a million other people uh, as part of just what they do in their spare time. Also, you know, if his job is his work and then he comes home and she's like, oh, I'm writing fan fiction of you at work. Like, when do you just get tired of talking about work? You know, when are you just like, oh, I want to talk about something else though. I mean, I will say they carefully talk about these things in the book. I appreciate that. I, I, one of the least prob problematic books is a big claim. I'm excited. I will be looking. I'll be on the lookout now to make sure that that's true. I have a question. Does yeah. she know he is that fan fiction writer? Um, no, but eventually. How much? Okay. <laughs> okay. How much fishing in this? I'm not comfortable with that. That's like a big no-no for me. So that you're saying there's, there's lying by omission in this book? 
perhaps miscommunication i think there's some factors there's some factors that lead to this i'll defend it later though Mm. we'll we'll see but now not you get it that's a power imbalance don't know how you feel about that all right shanice what is your book okay uh so in significantly less words than these two have talked about uh my book is the kiss quotient by helen huang Um, and it follows Stella, a woman with autism spectrum disorder, or what's previously known as Asperger's syndrome. She's very good at economics and very bad at sex and relationships. Uh, she's convinced basically by the world who keeps putting pressure on her that she needs to be better at these things. So she hires a male escort to teach her, um, a half Vietnamese, half Swedish hottie named Michael. Sounds great. He agrees to help her learn all things sexy times, but what neither of them expected was for their sex lessons to start becoming intimacy lessons. Uh, It's basically a gender reverse pretty woman if you need that kind of comp. Uh, So this is an own voices story uh, with a lot of it drawing from Helen Huang's own experiences, having been diagnosed with on the autism spectrum in 2016. Uh, So it's gonna be a very personal story. I think it's very different than what's been in the romance industry for a while. Um, I think it really, set off a kind of like we need more diverse romance books than just like you know two white people going at it um it's also a a debut which is very impressive because this book does not feel like a debut at all um the kiss question is a fantastic blend of sweet and sexy this the relationship that develops between stella and michael progresses steadily from physical to intimate and while it might have some insulove not gonna lie you can really see the connection they're forming and how real it is Uh, This book covers so many topics, but it's integrated in a way that feels natural. Stella's autism never feels tokenized or stereotypical. Uh, Helen writes clearly and honestly about why Stella struggles with sex relationships, and you can really tell that the author put a lot of herself into this character. Uh, And it makes the reader step into the shoes of Stella to fully understand where she's coming from. Uh, This book also dives into a plethora of topics like social, socio, wow, I cannot say that word, so Socioeconomics, there. Uh, cultural differences, consent, uh, self-worth, stigma surrounding mental health and sex work, gendered job reversals, and how sex isn't always sexy. Like, that's huge. How many times do you see that in books where, you know, you're not just going out on a table and it's, like, amazing. Um, so it's just a love story between two people who get to know each other and want them, you know, to be the best versions that they can be. Sorry, when you said this was based on her life, I was like, did she too hire a male escort to teach the her? Autism, the autism. I know, and then you got to that, to that line. I mean, maybe like, as far as we know. How, can, like, I would love to, girl, dive into that. Helen, <laughs> let us know. She is married with kids, so I don't. Plot twist. Why, why, we gotta look into her husband. husband. It, like, what's his LinkedIn Helen, profile say? Tell us about your love story. Let us know. We're interested. So I will say I'm mildly hopeful about this book. I like that there's a neurodivergent lead. I think that's really important. I feel like you definitely don't see that a lot. And I actually really like that he is a sex worker as well. I think that's super interesting. But I think it's going to rely very heavily then on making sure it is very respectful to both of those things. Like I'm hoping because it's an own voice as it will be, but making sure that, you know, 
it, it seems like a little stereotypical for someone that's portrayed on the autism spectrum to be really good at like hard sciences and math and just really terrible at all social situations. So is the expectation going to be that she has to like change things about herself that are part of her neurodivergence that she shouldn't have to change? Is that what she's trying to do? Or is she really just trying to become a little bit more comfortable with sex with this professional? So that'll be interesting. So I'll be uh, keeping an eye out for that and for the sex work because I do love that he's a professional. There's probably some things I'll be looking at because like <laughs> consent wise, when someone gets paid, how's that going to work? We'll see. Pay I am expecting, pay for that booty, but I am expecting those sex scenes to be good. So I like, if he's a professional, I want to know that he's getting his coin for okay, a reason. Kick down good. <laughs> Exactly. So we need to make sure. So I will be, we're going to be heavily, heavily auditing those scenes. I want to make sure it's excellent. Come so for we'll it. Those. But like, no I'm hopeful. It sounds on the surface, sounds really good. I don't love that the name makes me think of math. That's not super hot, but that's a personal thing. It's a math, math equation, is, okay? Is, oh, okay, your book lost. Get out. <laughs> I hate math, man. I almost <laughs> failed, so. Yeah, that's my biggest concern too. Like, how much math am I going to have to live with here? As long as, like, I can live with the math of, like, what's he getting paid per hour? That's fine. But how much are we really going to dive into this? I know she's, like, an economist or something. But yeah, I'm excited. Econo like econometrician. Econometrician. I like that it's not two white people. Like, that sounds good. Because he, I know, has happened to me. So it'll be interesting. Yeah. He, the, Stella never is really, she's not labeled with any kind of race or anything like that. So... Yeah. Okay. So, okay. <laughs> I'm interested. It better deliver. I'll be keeping an eye out. All right, Marina. And on that note, what is the fourth friggin' romance book I'm going to have to read in like one week? <laughs> you don't sound excited. What is this? It's going to uh, be great. It's a lot, guys. You're thrilled. You're thrilled. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> is this like within your quota of how many books you read in a month? I mean, a normally year. I'll get like, I get through like a book a week. So like, this is okay. asking it's me doable. to times that by four. It's going to be doable, but there's going to be a lot of audio happening. I'm busy. A busy gal. Okay. So uh, the book that I chose is uh, Take a Hint, uh, Denny Brown by Talia Hipper. Now, just a moment here. Let's take a moment to appreciate this author. Okay. She's 24 years old. Stephanie, do you have Goodreads open? How many books does I this woman will look it up have you. out? Probably so like, anyway, I slept on her, okay? <laughs> I slept on this. Um, I only started reading her books when um, the new craze of like the covers, like the um, illustrated covers started happening. And this book was like very much. Uh, it was one of them. She, one has of like, she has 22 books on one page, so... Oof. And there's two pages of that. It's 22. That's my gal. 22 books. That's my gal. There you go. 24. Uh, that's an, outrageous. An accomplished, accomplished young lady. Um, but yeah, so the reason why this book got on my radar, I think, is because with the craze of like all these covers that are like illustrated, I feel like people are compiling like a lot of lists, like, oh my God, read these books. And um, this series, the first book in this series, was uh, on one of those lists. Um, it is Get a Life, Chloe Brown? Yes, okay. Uh, which was also great, but I do think that the second book, Take a Hint, Danny Brown, is absolutely special. Um, I would say it is better if you read the first one, but it is a forgiving series. I don't think that you absolutely have to read the first book to read this one. So you'll be fine, Christina. You don't have to 
read two books just for my pick. Um, so this book came out actually recently-ish. I don't know, time is not a thing anymore in 2020, um, but it came out this year. And it follows the story of our protagonist, Danica Brown, short uh, Danny Brown, that's what she goes by. Um, our protagonist is a plus-size, curvaceous, bootylicious, black, bisexual woman. Let's take a pause and appreciate that. Um, she's a TA uh, working at a university. Um, I believe she's doing like her PhD and she's a TA at the same time. Um, and at the start of the novel, she actually already knows our main hero, Zafir. So Zafir works at the university that um, Danica works at as well. He is the front security for the building. And they have this kind of acquaintances like hey hello here's a coffee for you type of uh friendship and uh but he's absolutely smitten with her like like he he, he keeps an eye you know like in a crowded room you always know where that one person is that's the kind of situation here okay so she's friendly with him uh but he's he's keeping eyes um so then uh one day uh, this building has like a fire drill and who gets stuck in an elevator? Danica Brown. And of course, as Zafir comes out and starts counting heads outside, who is the person that he immediately notices is missing? Danica Brown. So he runs into the building looking for uh, little Danny finds her in the elevator, saves, uh, saves her uh, from this um, fire drill. There's no fire here, but she doesn't know. She's hyperventilating. She thinks she's gonna die. Um, so he saves her, and as they come out of the building, he is holding her, bride style, in his delicious arms. Just imagine the scene coming out of a building that's not actually on flames, but it could have been. It could have been. You should say he's an ex-rugby player, just so oh, you get that visual. Yes, yes. Yeah. Imagine this ex-rugby player, shy, quiet, brooding, but saving the day from this non-real fire. So they come out, and of course, the cameras are ready. This beautiful man is carrying this beautiful woman out of a building not in flames, and then a hashtag is born. Rug what is it? Rugby. Rugby. Um, so they go viral, and then the story develops from there. Um, I think personally, that this book is going to be a great contender here. And I think I'm going to win, guys. Sorry, uh, just putting it out there. Um, it has incredible, like, WAP levels, steamy sex, uh, sex scenes. I will put it out there. The body positivity in this book is out of this world for both uh, characters. One of my favorite uh, parts of it is that it touches really nicely on mental health. Uh, Zafir, he is a security guard um, at the, the school building, but he also has like a side hustle situation going on. Uh, he has his own charity um, that he started. Um, so that touches a little bit on that mental health aspect. That's what uh, the charity works on. Um, so we see a little bit of that. We see Danny really pursuing uh, her dreams and her career. She's really striving to uh, succeed and grow and she wants to be um, like a powerhouse name in her industry. Um, so it's really 
uh, inspiring in that sense. And I found that the characters are still very relatable. It's the kind of book that you read and you can imagine, okay, this could happen in real life. Like these are not, you know, impossible scenarios. You just have to find a, a beautiful rugby player to carry you out of a building. Um, but yeah, I think that this book is going to be a great contender here. I am ready to fight for it. I think Christina is going to love it. Um, sorry for everyone that's going to lose. And yeah, I hope everyone... We don't know. That, we don't know. Um, well, we're about um, to fight. Um, I, I see... Mean, I see, waiting for best description. I see Christina smiling, okay? Like, I think I, think I got this. Right off the bat, I love the energy that you've come in. I feel it's very aggressive, and I respond to that naturally. I Thank feel you. like, I, I'm not going to lie, I'm now a little bit more biased towards your book because I like the energy you brought for it. Like, I feel like you genuinely believe in this book, and I'm like, well, fuck yeah, then. Absolutely. I just want to preface this by saying that I woke up, like, 30 minutes ago. So, it's true energy. I I have not a lot bad to say about that after that synopsis. A lot of that sounds really great to me because I love that there's a black lead. I love that both of the main characters are not like are explicitly not white. Um I we love a bisexual lead. Yes, please always, all right? Um I love the idea of like a friends to, on a personal level. I love a friends to lovers a little bit more than I love an enemies to lovers. Yep because it doesn't feel weird to me when they are super into each other like four chapters in because they have a relationship before the book starts. So like, you've got a lot going for you here, but also my expectations might be the highest for this book over everything else. So, I, like, thought that was for, I thought that was for Nat. I thought we've moved past this. I, I, I have high expectations for everything. Set yourselves up to I fail, mean, guys. if you're a higher, it's going to be a steeper fall for you, I guess. Yeah, oh, like, shit. there's a lot, there's a lot to play around with here. I mean, based on everything you've said, nothing sounds bad yet, but who knows what is hiding and lurking in this book. The fact that it's a sequel, like, I know you're telling me I'm not going to have to worry about it, but I am going to feel like, ugh, am I missing out on something because I didn't read the first one? Are they going to do the thing that every romance series does? where the people from the the couple from the first one come back in as their friends and they have these important conversations. I mean, it has okay. to happen. It's a romance for you. It's in the romance it genre. It's gonna happen. Spoiler yeah, for but, you, Christina. These couples, they're like the, the books are all based on sisters, so they will appear in each other's books. And and that's what I'm saying. As a, a potential concern for this book is like, am I gonna feel like I'm missing out if I don't feel like I know that character fully? Because the idea is you should if you read the first one. Maybe it'll be fine. I'm just telling you, these are my concerns based on what I'm hearing. This I already like, your concerns. Mm. Mine's the first book, so you don't have to worry about that. <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah, I mean, his quotient's got that going for it. It's a debut. I don't have to worry about anything else, like, clouding up the debut. That could, come, that could come in handy for it. But definitely, I have the highest expectations now for Take a Hint, Danny Brown. Um, this author sounds really great. This book sounds really good. I'm not going to lie. I like a lot about it. It's hitting a lot of my buttons, particularly if it's like actively talking about mental health and against toxic masculinity, because that's one of my biggest issues with a lot oh, of yes. romance books. But we'll see, because sometimes they do that. And then when they're actually in bed, it's like, mm, but were you? Oh, honey, they're on so the we'll bed, see. they're on the table. You'll get it. You'll get it. So, okay, all of these sound good. I mean, if I'm going to be honest, I think the person who's going to have the hardest time here is Stephanie, 1,000%. I mean, uh, I'm prepared, okay? I'm going to bring out my educational <laughs> resources to show you So why. I'll be, I'll be taking notes. Reasons. I'll be citing sources. It's going to be an English essay. 
when I'm talking, okay? We're going to be prepared. No one likes an English essay. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know that I want university flashbacks, Steph. Uh, you know how I talk. I'm not the smartest tool in the shed. Okay, <laughs> Are literally any of us? This is what we do in your free time. I mean, listen, you got to know where you are. You need to know where you're starting from so you can be better. And like, Watch, she's, she's going to come in and be like the best debater out of all of you. She's going to make thing. me love this If book. I was like... Steph is like the underdog here because I know that she can like fight. Like she, she can debate the shit out of you. Feel passionate. Like, okay, you're right. You're right. You're right. I get it. <laughs> also, and, out of all of us, I believe Steph reads romance the most. So. One thousand percent. Yeah. True. Yeah. Steph has so seen she'll have shit. she'll That's have cross references. Yeah, I got to show you the, the foundation. Books. I'm all like, the books, reading that? Every book you just mentioned, they exist because of this book. Are and you I'm not like just foundational, but okay. Uh, You'll have um, to. Mm-mm. That's. I'm gonna want references <laughs> to back up that claim. Please cite your sources. I will be looking. I will. For that. I we will just said we didn't want an essay. Well, She's now I have like a PowerPoint presentation. Yeah. Your thesis <laughs> the history of romance. That and in not this back essay, it up. I will. <laughs> a history of romance starting in 1995. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> I was three uh, years old. Yeah, because you know what was the number one popular romance book for a long time? Historical romance books. So hello. I do Good love night. historical romance. I'm very intrigued though because 1995. That was a long ass time. It ago. was a long time ago. That's how my brother died. Years. years. 25 years. My brother's that age. Shit. That's why. That's what I'm saying. Age. There's a, there's some stuff that's obviously because it was published in 1995. It's not great, but like what it does well, it does very well. I don't know why I'm fighting about this now. Okay, back on track. <laughs> <laughs> like I mean, it's Marina, not time to fight yet. It's not Marina. time yet. Marina, you feel super confident. Like I'm getting a lot of confidence from you right now, and I love it. I can it. only be confident. My book is the best. But who do you think is your biggest competition? Not just for book, but for like ability to defend their book. Oof. Um, I'm fighting words. <laughs> I feel like it's too early for me to build uh, to burn bridges. Here. <laughs> um, uh, no, we are burning bridges. Burn them. Burn I want them bridges all. burned. Who is your biggest competition? I'm gonna um, I'm gonna throw out. I would say. All three of you have similar premises for books in that they're contemporary, contemporary romance. romance. They're kind of is funny. It, is there fake dating? I know, like, mine Yeah, there is fake dating. Mine has fake dating. Like, pseudo relationship. I should have bragged about that then. But I do. But they've all I come out. They've all, they've all come out in the last two, two three years. So, like, it's a similar, similar landscape. Maybe it's going to be hard to defend stuff if they're similar. I don't know. We'll see. I mean, I'm mine's not fake dating. It's just catfishing it's a love dating which is which is really fake dating yeah catfishing it's just fake it's more nerdy fanfic you'll see i better see i I want to see see i mean listen i don't know that you not having fake dating is actually a good thing because you know i love fake dating because if i could i realize that like while i enjoy romance my ideal romance book more and more is like books that aren't romance that just have a really good romance in them because I love like an established relationship I like people who genuinely like each other being in a relationship and what I love about fake dating is they have to learn how to be in a relationship before they actually are in one so by the time they actually fall in love they already know all this shit about like "Mm, I love it I'll eat it up so like that is making me knowing that that's in take a hint to Annie Brown and in Kiss Quotient like that's making me like all right maybe we should point towards Kiss Quotient for sure you should ask what your favorite romance book is. 
Yeah. Oh, you did not tell me to prepare that answer. Oh, not us. (laughs) No, only. Oh, okay. Go. Uh, Yeah, where's where's the bar? Yeah, like what am I up? Like that's what you should have told us the bar before we picked our boats. But anyway, excuse me. I gave you. I gave you all the like main things to consider. I gave you main couple. I gave you the universe and the background characters are super important to me. I gave you all that information. Okay. That's not cheat code Um, about you though. If I had to pick a specific, like this one's more recent, so that's probably why it's on my mind, but Red, White, and Royally Blue is a really, really, really good romance for me. I love the way the characters interact. I think they have that perfect amount of dislike for each other at the beginning that makes for good banter, but it's not that kind of thing where sometimes with like enemies to lovers, I'm like, I would never date someone who said that about me. There's no redeeming. You're like, you're just insulting yeah like I think of never have I ever and he called her unfuckable and I'm like no like yeah. that there's a line and the line is unfuckable like <laughs> I forgot so about for, that oof yeah no way yeah red white <laughs> and royal blue has just the right amount of like misunderstanding the communication struggles aren't there at the forefront but when they are they make sense because they're not in the same room with each other they're only communicating mostly during email the stakes are really high that book for me, like the main couple is great. The background and the setting is excellent. Like it feeds that main couple. And I really like what is available in the smut of that. And I like how they make jokes. Like what is the one thing he calls them? Like Prince of Blowjobs or Prince of Handjobs at one point or something like that. Oh, oh my God. I like I love that. that. Also, while pining is not normally my thing, handwritten or like writing notes to each other oh. about how much <laughs> you're pining. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> So that for me is like a top tier romance. I can't wait to read Casey McQuinston's next book. Unrelated, but I totally love that party scene where like they all go out. To oh, party. Yeah. Mm. I was gonna say the only anything, thing but... I'm remembering is them in in a barn, perhaps scene. Oh no, it's a like uh, what a kind sports of... shed or something. Yeah. Oh yeah. You it know is. what I'm talking about? Stuff yeah. goes down. Oh yeah. yeah. Stuff. Someone yeah. does go yeah. down. <laughs> And why I think that bodes really well for something like, I will say, spoiler alert and take a hint, Danny Brown. And even the kiss quote, to a certain extent, is, again, they feel like romantic comedies in that same sense. I do love a romantic comedy. If something's not funny for me, like, for me, I I think romance is only worth it if you can laugh with each other. So while a book does not need to have that for me to enjoy it, it's certainly a plus for these books that they have it. So Lord of Scoundrels is the book I'm definitely the most worried about because I feel like I'm going to like it the least. But again, Steph has recommended romance to me before that I've actually really liked. I really enjoy the Saria Bowen and Al Kennedy, right? That's who wrote it. Him. I love that series. So, I will say Steph has been my like romance guru since I've been working with her. So So I went back to basics, guys. That's why I think a dark horse of like she's picked a book and on the surface you're like wow absolutely not yeah but her being able yeah her being able to defend it and her like romance history I think that'd be a classic for a reason right exactly but I really don't want to have this book on my bookshelves my bookshelves are curated so uh (laughs) (laughs) that's also gonna matter (laughs) I mean if it has a spot in your ear reader I would say that's just as good can never delete that it's gonna be there forever you know what i mean I can so, never in your ar- it's in your archive move download <laughs> no no it's still there still in your working in the background in the archive i have to s- make a whole new kobo account <laughs> just, just to my, get rid of it my, the whole thing out start over. <laughs> all right so that's our first episode we hope you guys like it we will be back 
for you guys next week, for us, a couple weeks from now, we are going to first, I'm going to read all of these books. Everybody else is going to read them again. And I'm going to come in with some blazing hot questions about the main couples, everything about the couple that I didn't think, and this is going to come up a lot. What did I not think was a sign of a healthy relationship? Because a lot of these romances, they come for that. Okay. They come for the idea of a healthy romance and they do not fill out what it should be. So I can't wait to read them. Somehow in this course of like a week, there's going to be so much audiobooks. Uh, we'll come back. We'll talk about the main couple. We'll see who is the best debater so far for that episode. We'll take a vote and then we'll come through and we'll talk about the rest of the episodes to figure out what was the one book that was actually worth me reading. And so what is a book that you should absolutely read? Because if I can like a romance book, that means that it is excellent. It's me. It's mine. Uh, you were the only one that put the work in to be like, it's literally my background. <laughs> Listen, I am, I am no loving the background. Creativity. I can't do that shit, okay? You have a cat <laughs> behind you. You're fine. Uh, let us know who you think's going to win. He's doing all the work. Yeah, Place your own bets. Over. Wait, can you say no? Place your own bets on who you think's going to win. Let us know. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. We're on Pinterest. Let mm-hmm. us know. You Mine can find us. Out, so it'll be a little bit hard for you, but just trust <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there was also something that, like, the effort that we all had to do to make sure that we all had a copy of this book that we can start reading was something. Uh, This book is not out at the time of this recording. But yeah, like Steph said, you can find us on Twitter and on Instagram at EadsCast, on Pinterest at Everyone and Their Sister Pod. There are two ways that you could be listening to this right now. You could be watching it on YouTube because we decided we would try to do this on YouTube for the first time. We thought that facial reactions would be incredibly important. And so we all woke up really early to put on makeup and you better appreciate it. Uh, I'm sorry. (laughs) If you are watching on YouTube, we recommend you check out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, anywhere you listen to podcasts, the Everyone and Their Sister Pod, where we get together every week and we talk about a different book, movie, or TV show based on a certain theme that we just absolutely loved. Uh, So thanks so much, guys, for watching, and we'll catch you next week. Bye. 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 All right, now I can wash off this makeup. <laughs> <laughs> My oh nose God. is so.